Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm Garrett. And this is Full Risk. Hey, listeners, we're back at Skydive Midwest Podcast Studio after a very long, very hot weekend of skydiving. And this is a great weekend, not just because we did a bunch of skydives and sent a bunch of loads um, and made a ton of money or anything like that, uh, but because right now I'm sitting down with the one and only Garrett Bloodworth. What's how, up? How are you, man? <laughs> I'm Thanks. doing great. <laughs> Thanks for being here, uh, especially after such a long couple of days of jumping. But um, let's just do a recap. Like, Tell me, how has the weekend been for you? What have you guys uh, been up to? Yeah, weekend's been great. Um, I ran a little angle camp this weekend, um, mm-hmm. so I had the weekend off, so try to capitalize and get yeah. the guys around and just have some fun. Was that like an intermediate level one or more of an advanced? Yeah, I'd say like, so that that group there, they've participated in quite a few angle camps, so mm-hmm. I'd say like an intermediate bridging into advanced, right? Okay. So, but I, I'm, I'm still big, even in advanced groups, focusing on the fundamentals of just flying slot and technique and stuff, so, okay. but uh, those guys made a leaps and bounds in their progress they've just been in two out. days. There's a whole bunch of them that have been out here, like at least once a month doing different cam- uh, angle camps with like Newell and um, who's he? Yeah, they, ju- yeah, they just did one last weekend with Neil and then yeah. and taking all the skills they learned from Neil and transitioning over to this one this weekend was great. Slamming it. That's awesome. Um, before we get into it, before we get into like, you know, talking in, in, in intensely about other things, uh, I just want to apologize to any listeners that are picking up background noises in the hangar. <laughs> um, it's really, really hot here. It's sweltering and we've been sweating all weekend long. And so in an effort to make things just a little bit more uh <laughs> Uh, nice in, er, a, a little bit nicer in here um, we left the door cracked open if it gets super crazy we're gonna shut it um, but we're gonna try and like hold out for as long as possible so sorry if you hear anything in the background it's just because it's really hot we're making do with what we got okay uh, are you ready Garrett ready to go sweet so to begin with what came first skydiving or tunnel flying uh, skydiving really yep, yep skydiver first what year was that at? Uh, so I did my first jump September 15th of 2009 at skydive Tecumseh wow. did a tandem yep and how uh, did you end up here yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, I started in Tecumseh, did a tandem as soon as I landed, signed up for the student course, okay. um, started jumping there. And then, uh, when I heard that iFly was opening up a tunnel in Chicago, mm-hmm. that was in 2014. That's when I applied there and pretty much got the job. I got a call and my interview was, can you be in Chicago in like three days? I've like, heard so many versions of like the Chicago tunnel yeah. saying exactly that same thing to so many different people. Like we need you tomorrow. Like, yeah, okay. it's pretty crazy. So, but um, I was like, uh, yeah, I guess like, I'll okay. be there. So yeah, I moved to Chicago. That was May of 2014. Okay. And then I've been here ever since. How many jumps did you have by that point? About 2000. Oh, wow. Yeah. So about nice. 2000 jumps with a lot of bad habits. <laughs> yeah. Not anymore though, right? Yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe? I had to break them all, right? I had okay. to break them all in the tunnels. So. All right. Interesting. Uh, how old were you when you first started jumping? Uh, I was 19. Yep, so. Dang. All right. Yep. So I'm coming up on 14 years next month. That's cool. Yeah. My, my 15th anniversary is actually in two days. Nice. So it's, pretty ex- it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Pretty exciting. So. Um, super cool. That's rad. Uh, how many jumps do you think you've accumulated so far? Um, I'm a little over 7,000, I'd say like 73, 7,400. Okay. So very impressive. I, I don't know if I should ask this question, but how much tunnel time do you think you've had, you've accumulated over, you know, your many years of tunnel flying? Yeah, no, this do is you that, know? this is that hard. I have no idea. Like, okay. you know, like that's the thing too, because what people, what 
people declare what tunnel time is? You know, is it standing in the wind taking first timers? Is it off the net flying? Is it just coach? Like, yeah. So, like, we've all done the rough estimates and stuff. It's mm-hmm. it's in the thousands for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to count the stuff even with first timers, even doing high flights and stuff. And mm-hmm. like, you're in the wind, you're using you're the wind. Man. Even if you're walking in there, you're using the wind. So, I think every single second in the wind counts. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would for sure thousands. Okay. Hun- like tens of thousands or hundreds? I wouldn't say tens think? of thousands, but I mean, I think they said like on when we kind of did the rough math is like a thousand hours a year for like yeah. the high end and stuff of, you know, instructor slash mm-hmm. coaching all the time. So yeah. And I did that. I was at the tunnel for, I was with iFly Rosemont for a little over six years, six and a half years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, somewhere in there. Wild. Do you remember your first jump, your first student skydive? Not your tandem, your first student skydive. Yeah, I do. Yeah. What so, happened? So um, I actually did, uh, started with uh, st- like IAD. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Instructor-assisted deployment, which mm-hmm. is not around very much anymore. anymore You'll find no. it at the smaller drop zones and stuff, but it's not around very much. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was intense. Like, it was really intense. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm scared of heights. <laughs> like, I was fighting that fear pretty hard back then. I really yeah. don't know why. Like, But, um, yeah, it was just a really intense experience. But, man, when you're under canopy, it was just, and land, you landed, it was just the most freeing experience oh, ever. Dude. dude. It's hard to put into words. So in I the the IAD program, how many jumps is that before you get to free fall? Um, I think it was like well, so it's like you're in free fall pretty much at like jump. Th- I think three or four it was. Okay. But so I, I never finished with IAD because I started my first jump was in September fifteenth of '09, and this was in Michigan. Mm-hmm. So we got winters approaching yeah. rapidly, right? So I think I only got like three jumps in, like mm-hmm. and then winter hit. Like it just I, every time I went there, I was getting weathered out by winds or clouds, or whatever. Yeah. So I started the next season right off doing AFF. Okay. And I did my AFF in a day. So just knocked it Damn. out. Yeah. Just like this. <laughs> I think I graduated AFF in like six chumps, like just back to back. Like, Wild. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I started, I, I never really got to free fall. It was always the, it was yeah. like, I think the three jumps with the instructor just has the deployment from the PC right from the door. Oh, wow. Hmm. No, thank you. Yeah, um, no. <laughs> no, Looking thank back you. at it, I was like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> we have the technology I now, don't yeah. <laughs> Not a thing anymore. Well, for most, for most, uh, most trap zones, like you, yeah. like you were saying. Did you do any tunnel flying before you became an instructor or did you just hop right into that? Um, I did. I made one trip to California when I had probably about 200, 300 jumps somewhere in okay. there. I went to California, did an hour in San Fran. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or an hour, an hour and a half of tunnel time back then. Yeah, and that was it. That was the only tunnel trip I had. Okay. And then uh, I hadn't touched a tunnel until until I moved to Chicago. Okay. And then. Interesting. Yeah. So that was probably 2012, I think I made that trip. And then, yeah, I didn't get back in the tunnel to 2014 when I started at iFly. Okay. Do you um, do you have any ratings in, in skydiving? Yep. I have well, pretty much everything except tandem. So uh, coach, tandem? AFFI, um, got my pro rating. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I avoided the tandem at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get really sucked into things, like, real fast. Yeah, like. and I was – so when I worked at – I worked at Scott Up to Come See full-time, too. So mm-hmm. I was a videographer primarily, but I did a ton of AFF, a ton of coaching. Okay. Um, like, so – but primarily videography. All right. And where did you leave off at the at the tunnel in terms of ratings? Uh, the tunnel and ratings, uh, so I was an examiner. Okay. Yep, so T4 examiner. Yeah. Uh, but I left off as a lead instructor for iFly Chicago and an okay. examiner rating. All right. Cool. All the things. Yep. Almost all the things. No no tandem rating yet. Yeah, but no tandem. Never Pretty will. much. I <laughs> uh, do you know how many tunnels you've been to total? I don't know the number. I know everyone likes keeping track, but I, I, I could go back and find out, but probably 25, I would say, okay. in that ballpark. Have they all been in the U.S. or have they been no, international too? international. Okay, cool. What's yep. the coolest one you've been to so far? Because they're all a little different. Like, I mean, Abu Dhabi. 
Uh, just, of course. You, yeah. I mean, of you, course. It's just you can't beat it. I, I don't even know why I asked. Of course you can't <laughs> beat that. <laughs> right. It's kind of hard to count that one, you know? Like, so oh, let's, say, let's say Abu Dhabi's not on the list. Yeah. But, I mean, other ones, I think the, the Thailand tunnel was by far the like coolest one because it was a private tunnel. Mm-hmm. That was a military tunnel, private, out in Thailand on a military base. And yeah. we had kind of VIP access to it. And I was training the military for them out there. Okay. So that was a super cool uh, niche experience that I got to do. So that tunnel was just a just awesome just where it was at Mm -hmm. but that was cool so that so climb right that tunnel uh is it solid all the way up like is it super strong all the way up or does it fade out at some point yeah no it doesn't diffuse it's 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 fast to the top (laughs) yeah so yeah if you're not careful and you're blasting a top out back out to the top you're like (laughs) yeah you'll keep going yikes (laughs) oh man that's a far way down too it's a long way down um interesting okay so what made you want to get into skydiving to begin with um honestly like i just went and did a tan with some friends i thought it'd be exciting and fun i didn't really know what it entailed like i didn't you know i had no idea i'd Mm -hmm. seen this stuff on movies and tv and stuff but i never gave it a second thought but what was the first thing what what movie was the first one you saw skydiving it was a bond movie to be honest oh man yeah okay yeah, but it's like, I I mean, Point Break, obviously. I was really hoping it was going to be Power Rangers because that was like, uh, we're in yeah, the same so, generation. So I was like, I was really hoping that was going to so be. So yeah, it. I did see it on Power Rangers. Yeah. I named JDF. He was mm-hmm. a very good friend of mine too. You know, like, but um, yeah, so I've seen Power Rangers, okay. Bond, you know, I've seen it everywhere. But again, I never thought anything of it. Saw it in the X Games back when it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so a friend talked me into going to do a tandem and we ended up going. And then when I got, I, I remember pulling in the driveway to the drop zone and like I saw these two guys doing like a team swoop <laughs> coming down. And I was just like, that, that's awesome. I don't know what the hell they just did, but I want to do that. <laughs> and uh, yeah. On the ragdoll uh, velos yeah. at the time, right? 2009. Chaos. That's, that's, oh, oh my Chaos. God. Chaoses. Chaos with an X. Chaos, Chaos 27. With an X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those, man, those. I think there was there was one that just kept getting passed around at my home drop zone for years. Yeah. Like just like it was the same yellow ragged out can. At one point, there was a guy who made his own line set for it, yeah. but it was like Franken lines. So he would take like part of a black line set and yep. then add part of a white line set to it. <laughs> like his break lines. Whatever were, line. Broke. Oh yeah, it was real. Well, you Ooh. can do it yourself because it's non-cascaded, so it's right. nice. Yeah, I, f- I flew the hell out of chaos. So. Ah, man, what a what a time! What a time <laughs> to be alive. Uh. What made you want to get into the tunnel flying game? Um, I, knew, I, I wanted to get good, yeah. right? So that's just the word in the street. That was always the bonfire talk after jumping of like, and we'd always watch the videos. Like, and I, I, there's like, there's one video in particular. It's called This Is The Shit. Mm-hmm. It was on Vimeo. We used to okay. watch it all the time. It's like a 20-minute video. It's got speed flying. It's got tunnel. It's got skydiving. Right. But you just see the level of flying in those videos. And mm-hmm. I knew that you have to work at a wind tunnel if you want to get to that level. Yeah. Right? So I thought, hey, I'll go work at the wind tunnel for a year and you know get good and then i'll come back and, you know mm-hmm. do what i'm doing but I ended up just staying yeah <laughs> i mean like once you get once you get that taste you know like uh, of of like oh my god this is amazing i'm really getting good like you just have to keep going you have to keep hitting it like i get that yeah yeah i've been there um what do you do outside of skydiving what's that what do you do outside of flying like just flight in general yeah um i'm big into health and fitness mm-hmm. i like working out yeah um, jiu-jitsu okay i like to shoot um yeah i just like to be active yeah right so but um yeah i just try to keep busy mm-hmm. so but my life still is primarily skydiving and aviation now yeah right but i try to keep everything like every single minute occupied with some kind of a hobby or um something in between 
Okay. I know you like to, you guys like to explore, right? So Rebecca is also in the, uh, Rebecca who is also in here with us, just hanging out, chilling, uh, <laughs> listening to us talk. Um, but I know you guys like to travel and I know you guys like to be outside too as well. Yeah. Right. Um, any part, any places in particular? Is it just outside in general? Is it like seeing sights? Is it that kind of stuff? Or I mean, just adventure. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, what's the point? Like, I don't want to sit at home and watch movies all day and get out and go live life and mm-hmm. see amazing things and do amazing things, right? So we've been to Brazil and Zion, and the list is just going to continue to grow. Cool. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's a good yeah. attitude to have about it. Um, within the world of flight, though, like, what mm-hmm. else are you into? So we we've kind of tackled skydiving and and uh, you know tunnel flying, but what else? Yeah, I mean, right now I'm big into just fitness and jujitsu. Uh-huh. Um, those are the two like kind of big passions I've, I've kind of really entailed to get into lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go to jujitsu like two to three times a week. Okay. Um, and then. Yeah, but like within the yeah. world of, within the world of like flight, because I feel oh, like your your the things that you're interested in, the things that you're doing, they're not just like one type of flying. You know, yeah. it's like flight as a whole. So like, what other aspects of like flight do you engage in? Other aspects of flight, I mean, I'm still pretty, I mean, I try to stay active in the tunnel if I can get yeah. tunnel time, you know, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, like it's still fun flying California, mm-hmm. um, but the aviation thing, I mean, it was being a jump pilot and I've transitioned my career over to like an actual airline pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my next thing in my bucket list is speed flying, Okay. Um, kind of more flight related, like I want to get into speed flying, um, but yeah, and still skydiving, so I'm, I'm still an active, let's say, organizer, if anything, coacher, mm-hmm. like coach, um, but yeah. Okay. I mean, all worlds of flight. Where really. are you gonna Where are you gonna go to try speed flying? Um, I don't know yet. Like I, I would like to go just learn obviously the basics somewhere. Most probably yeah. in California or okay. Utah. Um, I got a lot of friends and connections. I just gotta have to do a little bit more homework on where I want to go and where I want to start. Okay. But, I mean, the goal would be speed riding in France. Yeah. Um. So I know how to ski. I do like skiing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to combine the two. Okay. So, cool. Yeah. Uh, goals, man. Um, in terms of aviation, though, right? Mm-hmm. Flying. Uh, why did you make the switch over to that after having so much time and energy and you know, into skydiving and and tunnel flying? Yeah, I mean, uh, so the big change was. So obviously I worked for iFly, I worked really closely with corporate um, as an examiner, worked a lot on the concept tunnel stuff, a lot of the changes and stuff of business with iFly was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, but long story short, um, I was not seeing a, a long game, a long like a long standing career mm-hmm. with iFly. So I knew deep down, I kind of just trusted my, I had a gut feeling that I needed to make a career change. Yeah. Um, so I kind of made that change. It was just a little bit prior to COVID when I was starting to kind of see things go south. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, I just I decided I'm like I need to go all in on something that's gonna give me longevity and still one something that I think that I'll enjoy and love. Which mm-hmm. I started flying airplanes back when I started skydiving. Yeah, I just had to choose one or the other. I couldn't do them both back then. I couldn't afford to do them both, so I I chose skydiving. Mm-hmm. And back then, not knowing really aviation would have been an amazing career to start then. But uh, in hindsight, I'm you know very content with my skydiving career. Yeah. But just to go back to that again, like then yeah, so 2000 I think it was. 2019, I, I that's where I was like, I need to make a career change. I told myself I'm going to start flying airplanes with mm-hmm. the intent of becoming an airline pilot. Okay. So um, that's kind of where the transition happened. When I saw stuff, I didn't see that long game in iFly anymore. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't do this the rest of my life. So I had to think of longevity. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, and you started flying jump pilots right away or did you do something else before that? Yeah, I mean, I got my private, um, but I got my private pilot's license and stuff, just obviously flying at a club here up yep. in uh, Kenosha and stuff. But, you know, thanks to Keith George and stuff, you know, one of my best friends, he's he, honestly... I have 
I owe him so much, you know, mm -hmm. like he's, he's the reason I'm in the position I'm in now. Yeah. Um, just the connections I have and stuff and him giving me access to his airplanes, like literally tossing the keys to his 182 being like put fuel in it, mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, I got checked out for flying jumpers, the 182, um, really early on, started flying jumpers, the 182, just flying the plane, his plane around, just building time. Mm -hmm. Got checked out in his, in the twin otter, the Kodiak and the caravan just started going after it you know, pedal okay. to the metal. So Keith is great. Um, and it's interesting that you say that too, cause like, uh, that you had that experience with Keith. Cause I feel like I've seen you giving that experience to other pilots that yeah. have been around here. There have been more, there's more than one person that's made the comment of like how you've been so helpful, you know, uh, getting their feet wet with these, with these, this exact same thing and flying, flying, uh, Skydivers, but then also being able to transition into what they wanted to do long term. So like Scott Robinson, yeah. the one that comes to mind too is Dave Delanave. Like yeah, yeah. he talks very highly about you in terms of like just in general, but also recently, you know, in terms of piloting. So it's interesting like that, um, pat, like pay it forward attitude, I guess, yeah. like it's yeah, very I, prevalent. Yeah. I try to take that because it's, um, when I was coming up in aviation and stuff, when I was learning to fly, like I had all those opportunities, you know, that it, mm -hmm. I was, I mean, like very fortunate, very lucky that I have the friends that I have in this sport and the friends I made in this sport. Like it's, skydiving has so many pilots in this group yeah. and I have some really good friends. Like, yeah, I had that, you know, like Michael Chivers and Tom Johnston, like just, just to name a few, Scott Robinson, Evan Idol, all these mm -hmm. guys who are all my buddies and, you know, and either skydiving and both in aviation that have taught me so much and given me so much, you know, so much knowledge and so so much opportunity that I never would have had if I was just a yeah. Joe Schmo out learning, go learning to fly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I got opportunities to go, you know, Gunner Jeanette, like uh, there's so many flying opportunities I never would have had without those guys. Yeah. And that's what got me here. So I try to anytime, like if I have a ferry flight with a caravan or something or Kodiak, I'll call up one of my buddies who's a private pilot or, mm -hmm. or anyone who's aspiring to keep growing in aviation. And like, Hey, do you want to come? Because when do you get an opportunity to fly a turbine aircraft yeah. for free? you know, and to get that experience. So yeah. Dave Delanov, he's and done. And the Kodiak, right? Yeah, he just did done, that this year. Yeah. And he's done multiple ferry flights with me and yeah. stuff too. And like uh, Joe Werner, those other guys growing up in aviation that'll most mm -hmm. likely be flying the Twin Otter here in a couple of years or a year. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I try to pay it forward because a lot of people did things for me. So I try to pay it back. That's cool. I like that. Um, where do you want to go with it moving forward? Like you said that you've transitioned into more of an airline role now, yep. right? Uh, is that kind of the long-term goal or is there anything else past that? You know, I'm, so yeah, I got, I'm an airline pilot now. I got the um, type rated and all that stuff. Um, my goal, next goal is just getting to a bigger airplane. Okay. Yep. I want to get to a bigger airplane, but it's, it is my end game. Like I want to get to a big jet, get some seniority mm -hmm. and it's kind of the, like, there, I was at a dinner one time with like Kirby Chambliss and then he's like, it's the best part-time job that pays full-time <laughs> it's like it really is we don't like the airline pilots don't work that much once they get some seniority and stuff but mm -hmm. it's an it's an amazing occupation it's, you know it's way better than a desk so but that's the goal is i want to get to a big jet and make good money and yeah don't work and much i imagine and you get to travel really easily travel you know as free. a like and you've already made you guys have already talked about that about how important yeah. traveling and getting out of out of dodge is super important for you so yeah it's an amazing perk you know especially with my lifestyle with skydiving so i can you know go on a trip and fly fly a work trip and then like fly out and go to a skydiving trip so so this wasn't actually part of like the the breakdown of things that i wanted to talk about but it, yeah. i did i did just uh it did just pop into my head is there so i just i saw someone comment on a facebook post about recently about how um piloting and like planes is the least skydivers like it's the it's the 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 least knowledgeable area for skydivers yeah like they don't know like you don't know what you don't know about the plane but like we just don't learn about it. Is there anything, any one particular thing that pops out or that comes to mind if I were to ask you that question of like what, 
if anything, should a skydiver know about that airplane before they get in that you think that they maybe don't know right now or aren't taught, you know, earlier on in their skydiving careers? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really broad spectrum question. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, sorry. It's, it, no, it's a it's a really good it's a really good question because I mean I would love to ask a lot of other pilots and stuff what's on their top priority. Me personally, mm-hmm. um, me personally, when I'm flying is like obviously the worst case scenario is stuff. You know, we haven't we have a, a, an emergency. Yeah. Right, and it's just staying calm. Right. Yeah. So listening to the pilot. Right. There's times to play. I mean, I've heard horror stories of you know and. We have a twin otter of, I've heard horror stories and already have other drop zones. They lose an engine on a climb at 10,000 feet and people freak out and they all rush the door and jump out. And you know, it's like you're at 10,000 feet in a multi-engine aircraft that can still climb on one engine and it's better to stay calm, relax, talk to the pilot. Um, I've been a part of aircraft emergency stuff as a jumper and both as a pilot. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's just more one thing that people don't they give attention to of like they don't think or people. Complacency is what kills. Yeah. Right. I see I'm big on plane etiquette too with skydiving. I could, there's a million things I can think of like just sitting still in the airplane and not mm-hmm. jumping up and down. And this is distractions for the pilot, especially during critical phases of flight, like on takeoff mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I would like to talk to other pilots and see what their top priority things are. But like for me, it's just like when like critical phases of flight, stay calm. Yeah. Right? And then in emergencies, obviously, like listen to me, I'll try to give you the best direction I can you yeah. know, to keep everybody safe. I think I think it's an interesting thing to think about because I mean, the, the I would love to do an episode just dedicated to that. Just picking like pilots brains about like, what is it you think we should know? Like things that skydivers should know, but maybe don't or probably will never learn, you know, yeah. just because of. Their, the amount of exposure they have to the sport or or just being around the drop zone. Um, it's the area that I know the least about, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like skydiving as a whole, like plane, the plane stuff. Like I really don't know much beyond like the basics. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what questions to ask though. That's <laughs> kind of the other problem is like, I don't know what I don't know. So I don't know where to even start with this, this topic. Um, I can ask you that question. It's such a broad question. It's like, you could pretty much talk about anything, but I, I, I don't know how to pinpoint, you know, like yeah. specific details. So that would be an interesting thing to talk about, in my opinion. I think a lot of skydivers would get a lot out of that too, as well. It would at least make them think. Yeah. Um, I think I mean, one just shoot from the hip right now too. Yeah. Just like as I thought of it, is I mean, one thing you can actively do to just kind of protect the plane, the pilot, and everybody else in the airplane is make sure that. And I, I'm big on plane etiquette. I don't know if you, you probably saw me in the plane today. I was mm-hmm. at the door seat every time. Yeah. But before I open that door, what do I always check before I open that door? Pilot shoot. Pilot shoot. Yeah. Right. And I make sure everyone sees it, and I check everyone else. Like yep. I like I do it kind of on purpose. Like you make a big show. Very out of it. obvious yep. that I'm doing it, so other people see it. Yeah. It's kind of a pet peeve of mine when people are just rubbing their pin on the back of the door and just kick the door up. And yeah. don't even check you know and so those are things that you know can take everybody down a pilot shoot goes out the door and it goes over the tail yep um so that's little things that skydivers can do every day that it you know it big yeah. picture there can save someone's life it's i mean sometimes when i'm doing tandems or i'm doing some like a video jump and i'm just not listening or not listening then i'm just like why can't i think of the word where i'm unfocused i'm just mm-hmm. sitting and like you know dazed and like not dazed isn't the right word but anyway where i'm just like hanging out you know, waiting for us to skydive, I'll be sitting there and imagining those situations of like, well, what if this person right next to the the door has a pilot shoot come out? What would we do? Time. Like, would I push <laughs> this person out? Would I try and contain it? Would I shove them out the door? How would this work? Um, I've thought about that as a tandem instructor too, sitting against the the um the is it the is it called the bulkhead against the the pilot seats? What is that? What's that wall? 
Yeah, the bulkhead up by the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. So like sitting against the bulkhead, like what happens if I'm the last person out of here and me scraping my rig against this wall right here? You know, because sometimes sometimes I feel like um, in in this plane in particular, if the pilot jostles the seat, we can hear we can feel like a little thump through the wall. And it's like, was that the pilot (laughs) or was that my rig? Like my reserve pilot shoot spring pushing me for? Yeah. Yeah. so I've thought about that. Like, if I'm the last tandem out of here, what am I going to do in that situation? Like, yeah, how is this going to happen? At? Yeah, all those, all those things go through yep. your head. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, those are all things that should be thought about that maybe aren't, you know, given enough consideration, I think. Yeah, so. I think too many jumpers get complacent. Yeah. Like, I, I see it too often. It's yep. something I, I mean, I, you saw today. Like, I yeah. do, I, how many gear checks? I do so many gear checks in the plane and I make them very obvious. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you can do enough. Yeah. Um, but it's, I see people with... 25 jumps not doing them and it's just like I've gotten so much mind. shit from other people too for doing too many like you keep touching your pilot shit. Well, well you keep moving behind me yeah, I don't know what to tell it I don't know what to tell you yeah the whole plane etiquette when people <laughs> yeah. are moving around and kicking yep. your rig and it's the worst yeah I feel you I feel you on yep. that I think that would be interesting though to, to dedicate an entire episode to just you know talking one-on-one with different pilots about things that they maybe pet peeves things that they you know think people should know about like stuff you know I think it would just be interesting yeah I mean just this weekend in two days I've caught riser covers open and mm-hmm. two tuck tabs out that's fine you know just done just observations yep. of gear eagle eyes so yeah it's great interesting okay well cool like i i mean you should only ever expect big things from you because you continuously like keep moving on to different things newer and bigger things you tackle something you're you're very uh good at like uh covering the entire like the entire uh every single aspect of, of whatever activity it is that you go into. Yeah. Um, so I can only imagine where you're going to go with your pilot's license. Or is it license ratings? How do you say it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Potato, potato. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, I'm very excited to see what happens with that. If you ever get into anything other than airline stuff, or if that's just the thing that you want to do for the rest of your life, like whatever. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you got to have a career, got to have, you know, mm-hmm. got to pay the bills, uh, have the fun, you know. So I think, uh, I'm obviously, like, when I, the airline pilot, I want to get to a bigger bigger jet. Yep. Like that's the big goal. But on the side of that with aviation, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting in a little bit of aerobatics and stuff. Like my that buddy, was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah. So my buddy Gunnar Jeanette, um, he kind of introed me to a lot of that yeah. stuff, gave me my spin endorsement stuff, gave me access to fly. We flew an extra in his pits and like, mm. oh, it's just face melting fun. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I'll probably get back into that a little bit too, maybe with him. And then, um, and then obviously just the stuff I do for Keith, like, you know, yeah. if he needs help, if he ever needs help, like, and I did it the other weekend, it came up with a Kodiak mm-hmm. or, you know, training the new pilots this season and stuff for him, getting checked out in the otter and stuff. So, um, and like I owe Keith. So if, you know, he needs any help at any time, he knows he can text me and mm-hmm. I can be there. So, yeah. um, can we, we're going to switch, we're going to switch gears here a little bit. Can you talk about your early days at the tunnel? Yeah. Like, so ha- were you always at Rosemont? Uh, always at Rosemont. Yep. Kay. That was my home tunnel. Okay. Yep. So. What were your early days like? Uh, that was, man, the heydays of iFly and like, <laughs> man, where to even start? Um, that tunnel was, the Chicago in general was just, obviously tunnels were exploding then. Mm-hmm. Um, we were open from geez, 7 a.m. to 1 a.m. every mm-hmm. single day. You know, it's just, we had like, I think 18 to 19 instructors on its staff at one point. Jesus. Um, yeah, it was just a madhouse. Like we were booked out two, three months in advance. Like it was, 
we would staff fly until basically management kicked us out of the tunnel mm -hmm. and uh, we'd go out and have drinks afterwards and talk about flying until 3, 4 a.m. and then sleep 3, 4 hours and do it all over again. And we did that seven days a week. And if you were not working at the tunnel, you're at the drop zone jumping. And we did that for, I mean, I'd say three, four years, like hard. <laughs> that sounds like the life, man. Yeah, That's amazing. Was, uh, yeah. They, when, we talk, when we mentioned like the good old days, like mm -hmm. you'll hear the guys around who used to work for iFly and stuff and like the OG Chicago crew. And, yeah. and there's obviously other, you know, tunnels and stuff throughout the country. But like Chicago spoke home to me with Naperville and Rosemont mm -hmm. being so close together in a big team. It was, uh, it was awesome. We heard, I mean, we did our, we did our, our I did my FITP in Denver. So we nice. got to hear from them, like all the OG crew. They, they still did like the, at the time they were still doing, I don't know if they still do, but they were doing hell day. Whereas like your bitch test, it was, they, call it, <laughs> they call it your bitch test. They were like, just don't pitch out. If you don't pitch out, you make, you, you make it like you're fine. But like, as soon as you quit, you're like, you're fucked. Don't, yeah. don't quit. Um, yeah, FITP's changed a lot. Yeah. Over the years. <laughs> uh, they, Chicago, yeah, Chicago was unique too with that that team because the team they 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 had so many people from all over the country. They brought people yeah. from all over Seattle and mm -hmm. Florida and like this had in Texas. They just brought all these people in to help open those tunnels. They were so busy, so they brought in people from all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then they obviously hired instructors from you know. I mean, I was in Michigan, like just people all over the place. It was yeah. a really unique crew. Uh, at both tunnels. Cool. Uh, I just remember like them talking about their heyday stories, yeah. you know, and about how awesome it was when they did it. And then, you know, what the restrictions and stuff that we would face, you know, things have changed so much. Like, so I feel, I feel you. Like I wasn't around for it. I wasn't present for it. I did fly at the time, like fly during those heydays as a customer, but not necessarily like didn't have any um, idea of like what was happening behind the scenes. Um, yeah. but, to, but to hear them talk about it and then how things have transitioned for us and then now th how things have transitioned for the people that are still working there. It's like, oh. Yeah, man. watching the evolution of like safety and training back then and what it is now and mm -hmm. just it's been pretty wild to be there from the beginning to yeah. seeing it now. Who did you learn from at the time? Like who did you learn from in your early days? Who were some like notable folks? Yeah, I would say... Um, Hi, Chappie. <laughs> <laughs> Love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say uh, Josh Ruiz Velasco is probably a big one that okay. helped me the most. Uh, we teamed up pretty early on in my when I was learning. Like he was by far the best flyer at the tunnel in mm -hmm. Rosemont, so I learned a lot from him. Um, he kind of took me under his wing and stuff, and taught me a lot of the competition stuff. And we learned okay. learning a lot of stuff together too. Like the whole everyone's flying like a carving like a banana, and we were just trying to learn. <laughs> we carved me and me. We, we carved in circles for hours together at like yeah. two in the morning, just trying to be as flat as possible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I attribute a lot of my learning to him. And then the good thing too, about back then, there was just so much flying going on, mm -hmm. um, that I would just try to sponge off of all the other good flyers that are always coming and doing camps and coaching. Mm -hmm. So every time I was standing in the door, whether like Vince Sarnone and like, uh, you know, Scott Palmer and all the other people coming and doing camps and stuff, I would just try to sponge everything I could off of mm -hmm. them. So, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I used to do that with Mikey. I'd be like, oh, no one wants to drive. Sweet. I'll drive. I'll just sit there and watch, like, watch him coaching and watch him fly. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's yeah. free coaching without paying for it. Just you're staying there. You might as well be paying attention. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Absorb as much as you can, like a sponge, like you said. Yeah. Um, interesting. All right. Uh, at what point did you start transitioning more into, like, the coach role? Like from, Early. from just like flying or versus coach early on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was, that was my goal. Like my goal there was like, I realized really early on once I started flying there one, like for like just business wise, I'll just making money of like, you want to start coaching and like, yeah. and then obviously I'm a big believer. Like once you start coaching, something's when you truly fully understand it, it helps. It just helps with your own personal flying as well. Yeah. Being able to break it down and teach it to somebody. Um, I think there's a lot of flyers that 
know how to fly to head down, but they can't tell you how they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, sorry. They can fly head down, but they don't know how they're doing it. Yes. And that's probably a better way to Absolutely, put it. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So um, I think so. If you have a good understanding for actually what you're doing, you can teach it. It just helps your flying so much. So I was very early on. I was like, I want to be a coach. I want to be good at this. Um, so I was always, every time we did staff flight and stuff, I was always probably the first one to jump in to help a, you know, CSR fly or something, mm-hmm. you know, like just learn, just learn to coach. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so. fair. Um, would you say that you were one of those naturally gifted flyers or were you somebody like me who struggled and had to like learn six different ways to do the exact same skill? Yeah, I would say I, I picked things up pretty quick. Okay. Yeah. Like to humble brag, I guess. You it's know? fair. Yeah. I just, it just, it was, it was, it came very natural to me. There's yeah. two, I mean, there's two types of flyers. There's the people that struggle, you know, yeah. and have to, you have to figure out what the, you have to problem solve and figure out what the right method is to yeah. learn a new skill and then there's people you show it to them once and they figure it out and it's yeah. like oh okay yeah and that's all i really need you know i can yeah. watch video and like, i would watch videos of, like ty baird and stuff back, fly back then and just like pause and like yeah and just go frame by frame and watch what he did and then the next day i'll go to the tunnel and just try it ty so, baird man yeah uh, just really weird quick insert i would go to angle camps back mm-hmm. in the day if i knew his name was on the bill mm-hmm. like in terms of coaching just hoping to be like get a day of angle coaching with him like yeah. That 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 guy. I was lucky enough to have gone to two different camps with him, where I got to I got to fly with him on two different days, and re- like that that guy's method of teaching and talking to people, like night and day different, like versus anything I'd ever experienced up until that point. Like, yeah, I never met him. Like I never <sighs> met him in person or anything. I just always saw his flying videos and liked his style. So yeah. we just kind of tried to mimic it and learn it. Super so. goofy dude, but re- like, like yeah. just his whole his whole demeanor, like just a goofy guy, um, but like just had a had a way of like you would ex- you would say what you think you your problem was, and he would change like he would be like, all right, so like extend through your wrist instead of just mm-hmm. putting your arm on the wind, you know, like he would he would. It was the first instance I'd ever seen anybody be so specific about like body parts in relation to co- you know coaching yeah. it was always just more of like a generalized and this was like back in like 2012 2013 maybe mm-hmm. you know um when fly for life was really getting like super popular yeah you know um, and it was exploding in in florida uh and he just like he the way he talked to us and the way he would communicate like problem solving uh ideas it was just it was mind-blowing yeah, like how awesome. how good how good he was at it. Anyway, sorry, Ty Baird. <laughs> May he rest in peace. All right, continue. Sorry. Yeah. No, but yeah, so I just, I got into coaching early on. I just wanted, I just I coached as much as I possibly could with the yeah. staff. And I, I got a lot of my, I learned a lot by just trial and error with just teaching the yeah. customer service staff from people with no experience and bringing them up. And then obviously, um, I was big on like back then I wasn't a good flyer then. Um, so I would get my first time flyers to come in and get coaching from me and progress them up. And then mm-hmm. eventually, you know, I just kind of kept working up to eventually I was coaching sit flying and then head down and then getting into the dynamic stuff. And yeah. we were learning the low speed, you know, methods and stuff back then too. Uh, it wasn't much of a thing back and we started kind of evolving from there. Okay. So, but yeah, from the beginning, that was always the goal to coach. Yeah. Um, now that we're talking about it, you know, coaching people, like the methodology, like what's the method behind the madness, right? For you, everyone's a little different. Everyone's got like their own style, you know, yeah. um, they've got their own like curriculum to some extent, right? Um, or what they think is the right curriculum. Like what is the method to your madness? Like what do you, if you were to start taking a student like from point A to point B, like if you don't mind first, me asking. First step, what's your goal? Yeah. Because okay. I mean, there's a million, it's a million different routes you can go in this yeah. sport, right? So what's your goal? 
Yeah. Right? Do you want to fly wingsuits? Do you want to fly head down? Do you want to be in the next head down world record? Do you want to be an FS belly flyer? Like, yeah. do you want to be an MFS team? Because mm-hmm. like you can tailor the progression completely on what the goal is. So that's the number one thing you got to figure out. If you yeah. don't have a goal, you're just going in there and just you might as well just throw bricks of cash into the tunnel and watch <laughs> it go in circles. That's that is such a fair point. Like just right off the bat, like how many instructors? in the tunnel in the sky do you know that think like or that that have that uh, approach of like well this is what you do and then this is what you do in terms of like curriculum like like you know progression like you do this and then you do this and then you do this and suddenly you're you're here but like that's yeah yeah you're right there's a million and one ways to get yeah wherever you want to go so goals number one right what's your goal yeah all right um i'm a realist i realize money doesn't grow on trees right so i try to respect that with people too but to the same extent i will not like fast-paced students Mm -hmm. um i'm big on fundamentals of like these are these core skills that i think you need to know how to do and do very well Mm -hmm. and i think that pays off in the long run um all the time i make my students backfly and they're like ah they're rolling their eyes and like (laughs) this is so annoying and stuff but like is the foundation of stuff and i think if you skip over it it hinders you in the long run Mm -hmm. um so yeah I'm, i'm the big, I'm just big on very fundamental things, a lot of head movement stuff, like even your feet. The feet are uh, uh, extremely important and stuff in, in, all, in all forms of body flight, mm-hmm. um, so just in general body awareness and everything. So, yeah, start with the goals, figure out what their goal is, and then I can kind of tailor their progression, and then yeah. all along giving them the, what my, my core fundamentals I think they need to learn to get to that goal. Yeah. You know, okay. So. I, 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 that, that is uh, not a question that everyone asks. Like, what is your... <laughs> Stupid fly is still in here from the other day. That salt gun. Sorry, (laughs) somewhere in here. Um, No, that's a really great question though to like ask right off the bat. There's not enough people that just ask that question. They're just like, okay, well, this is the curriculum I was taught, and this is like how we're gonna do this because this is step A and then step B and then step. You know, you have to get all these things checked off, like you know, before you could. You know, it's just a question that you don't see enough people asking. You know, yeah, it gets, it gets blown yeah. over too quick and it's like, yep. what are we going in here for? You yeah. know, so people um, waste their time and then they realize, yeah. actually, this is the thing that I've been wanting to do this entire time. I just didn't, you know, I yeah. was never prompted with the question and I never even considered it. Yeah. 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 Get that. Cool. I think one other thing too is like, I mean, just in the, the, the forms of coaching too, is you got to learn how your student learns. Yeah. It's a big thing, right? Yeah. So some people are like nerds and want to be have everything broken down with definitions and square footage and mm-hmm. all this stuff. How much pressure here and yeah. just like you know they want it completely broken down and um, and you got other students who are like just show me, just yeah. show me once and I got it, right? And then so you have to learn how your student learns. Um, and then I think there's a definitely a key thing with coaches. Like you'll you'll see some high level coaches who just have an eye for things mm-hmm. that they can see right away. Like I, I attack the things that hinder the students the most. Right. So what's the one thing that's holding you back from like this? If someone I have a sit flying student say, for example, or something like what's the one thing right now that if we fix that, it's going to help a lot of the rest of the stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So I really try to find those big key things that's hindering them the most. Yeah. Focus on that. And then we can focus on the other little small things. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting way to think about it too. Um, I mean, for example, like, yeah. I mean, how many times have you to- seen a coach say, point at their chin and yeah. tell it, put your head back, put your head back. Yep. You can tell them to put your head back as much as you want, but if they don't get their heels under their knees, then yeah. it's never, ne- never going to happen. Yep. Right. So it starts from the foundation. So yeah. same thing with head down flyers and stuff. It's what the wind hits first. You got to attack that kind of stuff. So. That's, an, that's an interesting way to think about it because it opens up the, the number of things that you can do to change that particular, like quirk I guess about their flying you, you yeah. know what I mean like uh it 
it opens up so many avenues to like mix things up so people don't get stuck or feel like they're in a rut doing the same thing over and over again you yeah. know it i mean i mean i'm sure you've seen it all the time yeah. you, you probably sit in the driver's booth watching some guy coach yeah, and you're just, just like dude just fix that and he's good yeah <laughs> i've just i guess i've just never really thought about it like that like that's like that's the method behind like i'm going to focus on the things like you have almost you have x y and z of this Mm -hmm. you know tat or the skill that i'm trying to teach you you have almost all the components like how do i get you to figure out this last one so that you can just do this thing you know right. like this particular skill i just haven't really thought about it from that perspective i guess and so it's it's interesting it's an interesting thought you know like yeah. how many different avenues can you open up now for your student to work on exactly the same thing mm -hmm. but in just different ways if that makes sense yeah right? I mean, there's, well, there's multiple ways to do yeah. things right there's multiple different yeah. body styles to fly head down yeah. right but you need to be able to explain the differences of why daffy versus mm -hmm. shelf is advantageous and what kind of skydiving versus vfs versus formation skydiving big way head down you know this is why this is important mm -hmm. you know this is why this this better yeah. this one's better for fall rate this one's better for docking this you know mm -hmm. so you got to be able to explain the differences you can get to the end goal i want to fly head down yeah all right but what do you want to fly head down for yeah, yeah in terms of problem solving though like like yep. the specific thing you talked about problem solving i guess i just like i guess i've had the my intention has always been within that realm i just haven't always thought about it exactly the way you just described it so mm -hmm. that's interesting thank you huh? yeah cool. makes, it makes you think interesting <laughs> uh cool um Beyond that, though, uh, what are some of the other ways that you can like obvious things that you've seen in the past or maybe pet peeves about you've seen with other instructors in the past? Like how can they adapt their methods to make things easier for their students? Like how do they, you know, you know like just I know that's, again, broad spectrum question, not very specific, but. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that instructors do that they see some other instructor do or they, they did this drill with them. But they mm -hmm. don't know why they did that drill with them. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of like an example here of like. You know, how many times have you seen someone like turn around backwards in the door in the tunnel and then they lay these instructor, uh, they lay the student down from their back on the door? Yeah. Like, why do we do that? It's yeah. just it's something they've always, I've always been against this of like, why do you always turn around? You enter them from the door. I was like, because how do we get in and out of the tunnel? We walk in and we walk out. So why do you have them enter from there? Mm -hmm. Right. So I've always like, it's just, they see someone do it and then they saw, I saw this instructor do it. And then I'm just going to do it. But they don't yep. explain why they're doing that method or right or teaching mm -hmm. this drill. So that's the biggest, I guess, pet peeve maybe. I don't know yeah. if it's a pet peeve. It's just more of a thing to be conscious of. And I don't think a lot of instructors do it and they you know, have no idea. Yeah. You know, like the, I saw this instructor do it, so I'm going to teach it. Mm -hmm. But they don't know why. Would you say asking questions is probably the thing that like most instructors aren't doing enough of like asking other people instructors why are you doing this what is the intention behind this yeah, like what's the methodology that's, like that's how do you, i learn for sure yeah. you know okay. like uh, i mean like a pet peeve in mind of the tunnel too sure. was when there's a very high level coach uh -huh. coaching like i'd be driving and i'd watch one of my instructors standing in the door and they're just like off in la la land yeah. not paying attention i'm like dude that's that's a world champion skydiver coaching right now mm -hmm. and you're not paying attention yeah. and you're trying to get your level four right now yeah. and he's teaching head down like pay attention that's mm -hmm. like it's like so um yeah that's a just a thing i've always seen okay no that's fair <laughs> um i mean when it, during my time at minneapolis this is such a it's such a small i don't i don't have like a wealth of knowledge or a wealth of experience like i didn't go to a bunch of different tunnels i pretty much stayed at the same ones you know yeah. in the time that i was there but there was a handful of people that you knew knew what they were doing you know and mm -hmm. like when you were doorstep it, it it just seemed it was unfathomable to just not be there and not pay attention i guess yeah. like from from my perspective um 
I you can't. Tra- you traveled around into a couple tunnels, though, right? You visited other tunnels? Yeah, yeah. Did you I've ever been... notice how every tunnel kind of has a certain style? Yes. And it's usually dictated on the, uh, the lead instructor. Yes. Right? So Absolutely. it just goes to show that, like, people are looking up to, like, that. And they, they're just going to adapt yeah. what they see, right? The, all the drills. So it all just kind of molds together. So mm-hmm. you go to any tunnel... Whoever their lead instructor is, what that style is, yeah. typically is what people fly. Yep. Like, you know, if you go to Mike Silva's tunnel, people are whipping flip twists. Right? Oh, oh, fuck <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's right? a trick tunnel yeah, for sure. It's yeah. a BFS tunnel for sure. <laughs> um, that was one of the things we, we like, collectively, the the people that flew a ton at our, and coached a ton, we just didn't really have, like, the dynamic background. We didn't, yeah. we didn't have it. We knew how to fly it, or, like, for the most part, like, we knew how to do a basic version of it right right. maybe not necessarily like the pristine clean version um but in terms of like coaching it like like you know you know what i mean like we we didn't have those skills like we knew what we were supposed to be doing like we knew what the theory was behind it but like yeah we didn't really have the skill set for that. (laughs) (laughs) I just that just didn't happen at our tunnel the 12 footer doesn't help either (laughs) um i mean at the time though too like it was three years like the tunnel was three years old like our flyer base wasn't even there was never was was not there like in terms of skill sets you know so uh we i in particular just didn't get a lot of opportunities to teach uh dynamic skills let alone like head down head down dynamic skills you know so um that has always been interesting to me and i've always wanted to uh, I wanted to learn more about it. And so when we had the opportunity to see dynamic flyers from bigger tunnels show up, like, okay, like, let's watch, let's just check this out. Why are they doing what they're doing? There were like three of us that would just sit and watch like outside the tunnel on our yeah, time, yeah. our downtime. And we would just be like, why do you think you're doing that? Like, what is, what is the intention behind like popping their hips like that or extending their arm? You know, is it's very interesting. Yeah. It was funny. I just, I did a camp in uh, <laughs> Novi. Uh, the Novi Tunnel in Detroit, yeah. and uh, I got a bunch of buddies out there. Obviously, home home drop zone, home mm-hmm. means and stuff. And uh, when I did the camp there, I was doing a bunch of low speed coaching, you know, like and then. But just what you said, yeah. there's like five instructors with stools sitting around the tunnel, just, just like, like just like under a microscope on me, and I'm like, <laughs> geez, no pressure, guys. Like, <laughs> I'm like I'm rusty right now. We're absorbing everything we can. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like if you're if you're still in that game and you're still wanting to like be, you know, you want to go the distance with your tunnel game and whatnot, like, and you want to keep coaching and learning and like absor- absorbing as much as you can, like that is one of the fastest ways that you can do that. Like, especially if you feel like you're in a rut coaching, like yeah. if you haven't done anything new in a while, like if you have the opportunity go and watch somebody like you should absolutely do that yeah watching videos um (laughs) i haven't done it in in recent in the last couple of years but what we used to do is we we would be in the break room and we would just be watching like all of the videos on our news feeds on like instagram and watching like rafa and like all the all the europeans like flying and be like why how how do they do that like breaking it down trying to like step by step breaking that video down figuring out how to do it like how it's yeah i mean the beginning days of iFly when i was in rosemont like i mean dynamic flying was evolving yeah huge like getting flat and fast and some technical you know technical lines and stuff and a lot of new moves were being created new dive pools for the dynamic dive pools and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah we would see that was the start of instagram and those little 15 back when it was 15 second so clips good. and we'd see someone just like highlight one new move that we've never seen before mm-hmm. and uh like all right we gotta go try this Let's <laughs> go see if we can re- you know mimic this or mirror it yeah you know like oh that was a sick line yep so oh man <laughs> kind of miss it a little bit oh I, I mean i definitely miss it it's just the good old days it'll yeah it'll never come back unfortunately i don't think maybe oh man I got a little part of me wants to hold out hope for it I know, right? uh all right interesting okay um let's talk a little bit about 
some of your greatest achievements, your greatest records in the tunnel and in the sky. What do you think? Um, I mean, the sky is always, I, mean, I have nine world records. I, I kind of, I don't really know how many state records I have, to be honest. I didn't okay. keep track. But Fair enough. I was just, I liked organizing records. I'm very proud of the ones that I organized here at Midwest, my home drop zone and stuff. Uh, and I'm proud of the fact that we pretty much got them on the first attempts mm-hmm. on all of them, other than I think the last one was like the second attempt. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and that's just pretty awesome. And it's such a weird predicament to be in as an organizer when like you're expecting a full weekend of jumping and you get the record on the first jump and you're like, all right, now what? <laughs> bigger go Boogie. bigger <laughs> but then everyone's like oh, let's do a head up record and let's do a sequential record and stuff yeah. so that's like first world problems and skydiving but um the, the 164 way i was a participant on was just was a huge like catalyst to my career and like with just being a flyer and coach like i was um just so stoked on that that was just so huge what year was that 2015 <clears throat> dang yeah that was a while ago yeah 2015 so yeah and it was so new i was so new to the tunnel too you know and um to going from a skydiver who could fly head down in the sky, you know, but then when I moved to Chicago and then obviously I became a level four in five months, Yeah. you know, and then, and within the year, you know, I was a trainer and I think I was a T4 within like a year and seven months, I think, working mm-hmm. for iFly, you know, but it was very soon after that, we were already in those head down world record and stuff. That was just huge. So I was making so many accomplishments in the tunnel and then both in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just an amazing year, you know. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, in terms of like other kind of, I guess, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like unusual opportunities or mm-hmm. unusual like events, I guess. Like have you participated in any kind of like film endeavors, you know, with your flight career? Have you, um, have you ever had any kind of interesting, unique opportunities as a result of your, you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, with iFly in general, I've had a lot of opportunity to do cool things with iFly. Obviously, just traveling the world and stuff, working okay. the cruise ship, you know, or yeah. like training the Thailand military was really cool. You know, going to Thailand for a month and training those guys and just getting treated like royalty out there. They treated, they treated us so good. Okay. You know, we got to do everything under the sun out there. And like just cool opportunities like that were always yeah. arising. Stuff for corporate, like uh, like developing the concept tunnel stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like and. With skydiving in general, too, just all the opportunities I got with, you know, world record attempts, organizing for the world records and mm-hmm. flying video for certain events and um, like like Max Pyro and stuff like that. Like a, our star search, you yeah. know, the first kind of night jump world record stuff we did. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the opportunities were just coming left and right. Mm-hmm. It was life was good. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of, like, students, too, as well. Like, do you have any notable students that, like, Man, you're really proud of? All like, of them. All uh, of them. I, I have, you shouldn't single anybody out, but. No, like, it's really hard to name out. Like, because I, I have some some students that I'm, like, super, super close with, you mm-hmm. know, now that are, like, really good friends. Yeah. You know, like, it's, like, I've, I've made so many good friends from all over the, you know, the country and the world. And the people that have traveled in to fly with me, you know, it's, it's been, it's really cool. It's, okay. That's, that's probably the coolest thing about being a coach is that when you travel around the world or, you know, people coming to see you or you can see them somewhere else at a boogie or another yeah. event and stuff, but you get close to them because it's a, it's a really personal thing. I think coaching one-on-one, you get close with people with that stuff and you mm-hmm. get an attachment to them for sure. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> it's hard to kind of single out people like I said, the list is so long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have some really, really amazing students who I call friends. Yeah. You know, they're not just people coming in and giving me money. Okay. It's, uh, they understand that I'm doing it for business, but at the end of the day, they're my friends. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 
Cool, cool, cool. Uh, in your opinion, though, what do you think the most significant change that we've seen as a community is? Like, you've got your hands in a lot of different areas of flight, just in general, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the elephant in the room is the the change at iFly. Okay. Um, I think that's going to be the biggest uh, thing that's going to have the biggest ripple effect in the community of skydiving in yeah. general um, across the country and if not world. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to dramatically affect the um, progression of new flyers, new students. I think it organically created a lot of new skydivers. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we were working on with Concept Tunnel and stuff that I was trying to get iFly to understand is that those two businesses run in parallel with each other. And yeah. I think that they... Um, the tunnel creates new skydivers, skydivers create new tunnel flyers, and they should be working very closely together. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to develop programs to get the drop zones and tunnels to be working together. Yeah. Um, but now with, with the direction that iFly is going, um, it's been frustrating to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still an active coach on their coaching list and stuff, but it's, it's almost next to impossible for me to get tunnel time now. Yeah. Um, and it's frustrating cause like yeah. it's, like there's so many students here that can, you know, yeah, just benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, it's really unfortunate. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think to sum it up, like, so you and I have been skydiving for almost the same amount of time now, yep. like almost. And we, we've all, I mean, my, my experience has been pretty much delegated to one area of the country. I mm-hmm. did travel around a little bit, but like most of my experience has just been sitting on the outside looking through social media, you know, um, and seeing the progress happening that way. Right. Um, but like with the advent of the tunnel and the expansion of how big everything got and how accessible it became, you know, like progress shot through the roof for our sport and yeah. things just skyrocketed in terms of uh, adaptability, you know, technique, you know, infer- like the knowledge that we suddenly had and now there's a hard stop on it. Yeah. Right. And we're probably going to see in the next few years, you know, a regression of sorts as. Yep that generation of skydivers that were able to access all that new information uh, and all that all that experience um, fades out or retires or you know like moves on into into different areas of life we're going to see i feel like i feel like we're probably going to see a, a I, regression I inf- unfortunately agree with you yeah um, yeah like i mean the Man, some night we'll we'll uh, <laughs> he'll come over to my house. We'll yeah. uh, we'll drink some tequila, and yeah. I'll, I'll I'll have you watch all the end of the year videos from Scott Midwest from okay. basically 2013, yeah. right onward. Okay, and you'll see year after year, and it's the best way to measure. Is just mm-hmm. so 2013 was pre-tunnel. Yeah, I've just seen the level of fun like fun jumping that was going on at this drop zone mm-hmm. to 2014. It was like so like, like just yeah. early progression year over year from just the tunnels moving in. Yeah, you know, as 2013 kind of zoo dives, right? 2014, right? People are getting some points, and people are flying more. People are flying head down. Mm-hmm. 2015, you have head down records, sequentials. 2016, yep. angle flying, dynamic sequentials, flipping. 2018, it just progressively just skyrocketed year after year after year. Mm-hmm. And then obviously like COVID hit, tunnels took a big downturn mm-hmm. and stuff. And then it's been on a slow decline too. So, but yeah, the level of flying year after year. And it's just, it's, it's, it's super fun to watch the progression that happened year over year. Yeah. From when the tunnels came here in Chicago, just like specifically, at, I'm just, I use Scott of Midwest because it's my home drop zone, but mm-hmm. you can see it year after year. It's really interesting to watch. Yeah. So. You know, I mean, I don't want to get too far into it because I yeah. feel like we could go down a, f- 
a rabbit hole. Oh, really dark rabbit hole. But um, <laughs> uh, but like in terms of, so I don't understand. This is just you don't have to answer this at all. I don't understand why iFly doesn't take more of like a Red Bull approach to you know um applying their brand to sports like this you know like it seems like you have such a huge market for uh you know influence you could influence that market really really easily if you wanted to you know i know (laughs) but it just popped into my head i'm like if you i would be curious to hear what you know red bull executives have to say about their involvement in all those different you know um sponsoring all those different uh sports and and how it changes or it would um differ from you know an iFly corporate perspective for sure Um, and that's what Concept Tunnel was, you know, yeah. like the, me and Harold had uh, iFly branded canopies and stuff, mm-hmm. and we were trying to make that connection between the two, you know, like it was, yeah. we were we were making steps in the right direction for sure to kind yeah. of bond that relationship and stuff, because there actually was a bad, kind of like a bad blood between the two, hmm. um, okay. like just kind of between tunnels and skydiving. I think that, honestly, I think that a lot of, like, there's like the term tunnel rats is kind of actually like a derogatory comment of mm-hmm. like a tunnel rats, these guys are going to cause problems and stuff, yeah. you know, but um it just takes proper education and yep. stuff to both the tunnels and both to the drop zones and yep. stuff to merge those things. So that's really, they brought me and Harold and, you know, we're both very, you know, mm-hmm. high level skydivers and stuff that are respected in the sport and that we can help bridge that gap. Cause mm-hmm. You don't want to send somebody um, with no skydiving experience to a DZO and try yeah. to explain to them why it's beneficial for this, but we can yeah. actually put that in the correct words. I mean, uh, like there's always, there's always a couple of years in there where things are going to be a little wonky, you know, as mm-hmm. people learn to like figure out, you know, what, what's missing in terms of knowledge and like you know from from the two different types of of flying from tunnel flying to you said tunnel rats right yeah um i remember when that term was a common commonly used term and i haven't heard it in recent years to be honest like yeah. i haven't i haven't heard it used as much which to me indicates like there's changing a, times yeah, like adaptive yeah de- decline in the yeah. ripper tunnel flyers yeah. that don't skydive you know so yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay, we're gonna <laughs> cut that one. We're gonna hard stop on that conversation because we could go for days. We could talk about that till we're blue in the face. Um. All right. Let's talk about branding. Let's talk yeah. about personal branding. Okay. Uh, I think one thing that maybe folks don't give you enough credit for is creating a personal brand, like and doing it really, really well. For, I mean, and I don't want to say for yeah. a skydiver, but for yeah. for a flyer, mm-hmm. you know, in a very small community, nationwide, worldwide. You did a really good job at creating like a personal brand for yourself, um, and you, that. and it seems like you've been doing that for a long time. It's not just been something recently like mm-hmm. that has expanded for you. It's been for a few like for years now. Yeah. Um, we don't see it done successfully in our field. We just don't. It doesn't matter if you're in the tunnel or if you're in the sky. If you're a base jumper, you just don't see it done successfully, right? You see a lot of aspirational versions of it. Right. You see a lot of people who are trying to get there, but yeah. maybe don't for whatever reason. And I think the the commonality and this is just an outside perspective looking in um, the commonality is that everyone has a shtick that they kind of adhere to. So like the ones yeah. that I the ones that I would follow. Right. That I would say fall into the same category are like Roberta Mancino. She's a model. Right. Like she she pairs like the modeling with the with the extreme sports. Right. Mm-hmm. And that again just the outside looking in. I don't know if there's more involved in that, but what I see is like she pairs the two together really, really well and it yep. has blossomed for her. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Alvarez, also also a model, I think. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Jay Alvarez. Influencer, um, yeah. influencer, but he pairs skydiving in with his personal brand and he skyrocketed now. You know, like he just blew up on that scene. Um, like it has expanded, you know, and they all kind of have like their own little shtick 
that they pair with skydiving. And I personally speaking, like just me, like you somehow like it seems like you have somehow made skydiving just like that brand. And I know you're I know we're going to talk about this in just Mm -hmm. a little bit about how you're pairing other things with it, too, as well now. Or like you're trying to expand on on your personal brand and as not just a flyer, you know. Um, But from my perspective, like it seemed like things really uh, expanded for you and you were it was very much like building building a brand based on or, or like cultivated around your flight your flight career right right yep. um, I think that's super impressive right <laughs> um, how did you how did this like come about yeah my, like for my OG followers who knew me as Gare Bear <laughs> <laughs> before I changed it to my actual name on Instagram yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean I was very I that was one very one-dimensional back then I just my strict focus was just okay skydiving and tunnel flying so that yeah. was just in back when we had 15 second clips and stuff of just trying to post the best flying that you know that I had at the time yeah um and kind of what I was working on and that's why I said we were evolving in the mm-hmm. sport and stuff so um, a lot of the new moves and stuff we'd be learning and stuff where I think at that time were stuff that a lot of people weren't doing yet. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of why I think a lot of it started to explode okay. a little bit back then. Um, but then I, as I've, you know, kind of progressed in the, in life and skydiving stuff. Now my Instagram is focused more just on my general life. Of mm-hmm. I try to be true to who I am. Um, and every day if people follow me and my true friends who do follow me know that whatever I'm posting on my story on a daily basis, what I'm posting is actually what I do and what I am. I'm not really putting filters on my life. It's, mm-hmm. um, why I post every day that I go to the gym and it's all this other stuff that I post. But, um, I like to show that I'm doing multiple things in life, right? Mm-hmm. I'm fo- still focusing on skydiving, still uh, focusing on tunnel flying, my aviation career, mm-hmm. right? Fitness, health and fitness, jujitsu, like everything that I do in life, I want to put out there now. And it's kind of a more of, it's a scrapbook, scrapbook uh, of my life for myself, one, and then also to kind of hopefully motivate people to, you know, go live a long, good life. Okay. So. Is that like the main motivation there behind behind keeping up this brand, like this online brand of, of, of I mean, is it really like, is it, I guess, what, what's the intention with it? Is it to expand on it? Is it to make it bigger? Is it to uh, apply it to other areas? You know what I mean? No, like, yeah, like like what I've done, like like I don't make, I'm not making millions off Instagram or anything, yeah. you know? So like, you know, like the influencers and stuff who are mm-hmm. jumping out of boxes of hot air balloons and shit or, you know, they're like, they're getting paid for that stuff probably, you know, and they're getting all that little clout and all that bullshit can, that they're I doing. I can think of one right Oh, I know. That. I can think of one too or 10, but, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, they're doing their thing. They're running their little business where they're doing stuff, but yeah. like. For me, it's like, I mean, I have some really amazing memories I never want to forget. So yeah. if it's really cool to make an edit of, you know, what I did that one weekend and stuff and look back on it, see, like I make a one minute edit on mm-hmm. a reel, you know, and that weekend was awesome, you know, okay. or that jump was awesome or this big accomplishment in my life. And now it's a timestamp of something I'll always be able to go back and look on. So yeah. like I said, it's a scrapbook of my life of like big major achievements and stuff. So I'm always going to try to highlight those big key things and stuff that for me, um, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I didn't want other people to see it and stuff, but like I said, it's a more of like, a, I guess a motivating factor to kind of help people too. Yeah. Um, like I said, the fitness stuff for me is I got really big into like just health and fitness. Everyone knows me like hashtag pay the man. Like I, yep. it's my accountability to like always be kind of working on myself to be better, but I also want to kind of motivate people to be disciplined to doing that same thing because if you want to do good things in life, I think that you need to have a healthy body and mind to be able to perform at your best. Yeah. So I think that's super important. You better be careful. You're going to end up being a motivational speaker someday. I don't want that. (laughs) You'd be good at it though. First of all, I think motivation is bullshit. It's all discipline. Yeah. So you can, people can, 
post whatever they want their motivational fucking you know <laughs> comment they want but if they're not disciplined if they don't set a time to do something or you know follow through with this stuff it's just forget it it's that's just your, all blowing smoke <laughs> that's your that's like what you put on your your headshot for the motivational speaker <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like like no it's not motivation it's discipline you got to be yeah yeah sorry it anyway. is. <laughs> okay interesting okay um so you're just going to continue, you're going to continue on with what you're doing, right? You're just going to keep, gonna keep doing. doing. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. Whatever I decide to do and keep yeah. just my, all my goals that I do have. And I'm just, as my accomplishments can continue to roll in and I keep doing cool things or new experiences and stuff, I'm just going to continue posting it. And, okay. Um, yeah, just I'll, I'll always be able to go back and look at it. Okay. And if it ends up expanding, like if it ends up, uh, something, I, the weirdest stuff takes off online too, as well. Like the weirdest, like, like the I things just, you, the things you think are going to take off don't. And yeah. the, so if, if it ever ends up like leading to an opportunity that's kind of out of left field or something like that, you think you would probably take it or continue to like expand on that? Yeah, I mean, like, it just I just let it organically happen. Like, okay. I just had a video go super viral, and I got, like, 50,000 followers from it. I was looking at it and yeah. researching for this. Yeah, like, 11 million views, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was, like, ESPN posted it for a second and deleted it. I don't know why. <laughs> they, did they pay you for it? They, no, they, they were just, yeah, pay right? That. So, mm -mm. it's just, like, just weird things, but, like, it just blew up, and it's, like, to us, like, as skydivers or tunnel flyers, like, ooh, we did a back layout, you know? Like, big yeah. deal. But to, like, a, a woofo, or, you know, or just yeah. anyone off the street, like, it's pretty cool, but... Yeah. Yeah, just the little weird videos that go viral. Naughty, naughty ESPN. ESPN, yep. you're supposed to <laughs> yeah, pay ESPN. people for those. Don't do that. They deleted it, though. I don't understand yeah. why. <laughs> still, still, how, in that small window of time that they had it up, like, how much money did they make off of that video? How many clicks did they get? How many ads did they get to run? Like, yeah, they, they're, they're supposed to pay people for that. Anyway. <laughs> uh Cool. All right. Interesting. Um, I think, I think anybody that's interested in trying to pursue that for whatever I don't know why you would it sounds like a full-time job it sounds awful but yeah uh for me at least it's a lot of work I mean <laughs> yeah, it really is it's a lot it's of like, work it's just... um I think I think it's an interesting thing to pick your brain about I think yeah. if anyone's interested in that sitting down and having a conversation about that I think this is uh gonna open your open your I guess like open your eyes to like the reality of it maybe or like what really is you're getting out of it, I guess, you know, yeah, I, mean, like, I mean, like full transparency to the people that are like chasing that cloud and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's just not worth it. It's yeah. not the ROI on it is not what you think. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously the people and stuff that do social media, like the influence, like I'm, I don't consider myself an influencer whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like, and, uh, I just, I put, I post my life on Instagram. That's it. Yeah. Um, but I think that a lot of people, even in skydiving too, and this would actually, this will probably trail into sponsorships. Yeah because for specifically for skydiving but i mean yeah people who think that the the influencer life and stuff is it for them or in, in skydiving I'd, I'd say specifically it's like it's there's no real roi on it and stuff it's yeah. really if anything just it's honestly like i said it's a scrapbook for myself amazing mm -hmm. memories cool stuff and i want my friends to see and stuff you know okay um but like i said it trails into sponsorships because that a lot of people that like that was one of the big main focuses too back then of I wanted to get my my brand per se my name that's mm -hmm. why I changed my name off of my nickname Gare Bear to Garrett Bloodworth because yep. I wanted people to know my name mm -hmm. right um but I wanted to be known in the sport too and I wanted to put a good rep you know have a good reputation in the sport I wanted people to be able to know who I am when I go to a boogie and stuff that they can come introduce themselves to me and stuff yep. you know and meet me and and as I was organizing all over the country and stuff yep. you know but and then I wanted my sponsors and stuff too to know that oh like oh yeah we have Garrett it's one of our athletes and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. So, um, and then 
yeah, with I got a lot of sponsors early on, and I'm still, I, I have like I have amazing sponsors. You know, yeah. they take such good care of me in the sport, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. But it's work; it's not free. You yeah. know, like it's like the free gear that I get. It's not work. Like you're, yeah. you have to maintain your reputation, right? You have to, uh, you know, continue to be safe. Like you have to take care of this gear. You're an image for that company, so you want to. Yeah. You, know, you want to perform well. It's interesting. I guess I didn't, hadn't thought about it like that. Like, uh, so, so this really was born more out of like, how do I make my skydiving business essentially flourish? How do I make yeah. this bigger and better and like, uh, that extend was, my reach? Right. Yeah. That was the initial okay. start. When I first kind of got on Instagram, I started flying like pretty much when I moved to Chicago is kind of when I got one, I think. And then, um, but yeah, it was just, okay. that's when things kind of blew up. Yeah. just kind of there. And, but yeah, it was I mean, because what people follow people on social media, you know, yeah. they're influential for sure, mm-hmm. you know, in the sport and people have mentors and idols and stuff they look up to. Like yeah. I had people back then that I looked up to and like, what were they flying? You know what? You know, they had a vector and they mm-hmm. were flying, you know, these altimeters, these helmets, these suits and stuff like that. So, you know, and I, I took that role. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many you call them clout chasers. It's so <laughs> funny. Uh, I can't tell you how many people I can think of just off the back, like just right off the bat, you know, that are interested in pursuing that type of like, you know, per- online persona or like yep. getting their getting their reach as far as they can. Those people are trying to put out what looks cool, but not necessarily like what pushes their the persona that they want to be putting out there. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Or like maybe no. they don't understand what kind of persona they want to be putting out there, or what the intention is supposed to be. They're just putting out what think they think looks cool. Yeah. I, guess. I mean, I'm you know? my, my pet peeve is those influencers jumping out of the balloons and yeah. just littering shit all over the land. Yeah. It's like, it's just, yes. they're jumping out with confetti in boxes. It's my, it's ridiculous. Inflatables left and if you're right, doing yeah. that, stop that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think, I think you made a good point though about how like, if you're wanting to make a name for yourself in this community, it's not just about looking cool. It's about being safe. It's about knowing what you're talking about. It's about putting out um, videos that are clear to understand and like clear, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. like it's, it, it's more than just looking cool. It's, it's like, where do you, what type of role do you want to have in this community? And why are you chasing the fame for lack of a better word within this community? Like, why are you chasing it? What do you want to do with it? Where are you going with it? Like, and figure that out in turn for anybody that's trying to build like a brand, right? Yep. Like for anybody that's trying to build a name for themselves and like extend their reach, why are you doing what you're doing? And then change how the type of content that you're putting out there, I guess. Yeah. Right. Man, things to think about, right? Yeah. Interesting. What are your personal goals re- regarding the future? Like, w- like for skydiving, flying, like, are you kind of just happy with where you're at? Or are you trying to push past anything, like achieve any new goals beyond what we've already talked about? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm very, very content with my skydiving career. Okay. Um, I'm just going to continue to participate in fun events and stuff. Um, I obviously still love to organize okay. and coach. I'll always continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, any new world records, stuff like that, I would love to organize and continue organizing for and stuff like that. I'm always, but, um, yeah, any cool one-off events like Max Pyro, that kind of stuff. Okay. Those are always super fun things to go to. Um, but yeah, high level angle events. Just I just want to go have fun now. Yeah, like it's. Yeah. Uh, I want to get back a little bit more into kind of fun jumping. I got so much into working in the sport that mm-hmm. it'll be good to kind of switch things up and get back into a participant. I'm going to Tropical this weekend. I'm like super stoked about that. Okay. Um, but I'm looking forward to being a participant. And, you know, yeah. In a in a high level event with a bunch of my friends. You okay. Know, so. Um, and I've always flown with them in like record form and it's never been like for fun. So I'm really looking forward to that. Like, so, um, aviation wise, I'm going to try to get to a bigger jet, you know, get to, uh, 
keep moving my career there and then um just in life just keep crushing other things okay <laughs> last question last official question i okay. guess if you could talk to your younger self mm-hmm. right you could ask your younger jumper self or you could say anything to your younger jumper self what would it be like what kind of advice would you give that person a younger jumper self hmm. or tunnel fly yourself what kind of advice would you give him man <laughs> i was young and dumb <laughs> a lot of things i would have told him <laughs> um i don't know I, I mean there's there's times i think i for sure could have just slowed down yeah like i went i mean there was times i was burning the candle at both sides of the wick you know like yeah both ends or whatever that term is or phrase burning the candle at both ends yeah burning the candle at both ends but i was yeah there was times where i think i was pushing it a little too hard Mm -hmm. um i should have relaxed and slowed down i I miss i miss some opportunities like to go to certain events or do certain things friends because i i was chasing business and work i always put work first and now today like i'm being a little more focused on like quality of life and stuff like that and that was another reason becoming a pilot you know i was i was working seven days a week Every single day. And if yep. I was, I'd get done with the shift of the tunnel and I'd hop on a red eye to a boogie and I'd be back in the morning, go straight to the tunnel and work or just never stop. Mm-hmm. So I missed a lot of uh, opportunities to do things just because I was working too hard. Yeah. I think that, I think that's a, uh, I think that, that, I think that's reflected in how you are now versus, I mean, this is the first year that I've really gotten to know, know mm-hmm. you at all. Right. Yeah. Um, I've seen you at other, like we've met in passing, I guess a few times. Like yep. it's not, we have not um had a friendship beyond this 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 season um but what i used to know like what how people used to talk about you Mm -hmm. you know versus what i see in front of me now like i think that that's a really like on the nose piece of advice for how your image has transitioned i guess you know what i mean like how your how it seems like your attitude has transitioned again outside perspective looking in i don't really know but (laughs) but that's interesting that you say that because i feel like you've made that reflection like like you have transitioned in that way where you are no longer that person or like so focused on business and company and you're more about like the sweeter things in life i guess (laughs) you know like doing things that you really want to do right um for whatever reason like however that happened it seems like you've made that transition so it's interesting yeah interesting appreciate that um cool all right we'll play a game Let's go for it. You were all about it the other night. So, <laughs> uh, all right. I did not think of one ahead of time for this. So give me just a second here. Um, okay, I got one. Okay, I got one. I you was were, like, wait a second. Were you here? Okay, you were here for this. Yep, I got it. I got one. <laughs> oh God. I will make sure to what write down what it for? is. No, no, it's good. Okay, got it. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, yeah, let's, like, let's explain this. <laughs> Excuse me. Let's explain this again. So 20 questions, right? You get 20 questions to figure out what inanimate object are, inanimate object I am on the drop zone. Okay. It's not in the tunnel. It's at the, it's at the, uh, the drop zone. Um, it's not going to be something silly like a water bottle or a towel or something trivial, right? It's going to be skydiving related, used for skydiving in whatever capacity. Okay. Um, I will give you 10 questions. If you are stumped by that 10 questions and you still have no idea which direction to go, I will give you a clue. If you're really, really stumped at 15, I'll give you another one. Okay. Okay? And I will try and write these down as we go so we can recap at any given time if if I need to. Okay? Cool. Broad spectrum questions have a tendency to do the best to begin with, to eliminate a lot of things really fast. Roger. Whenever you're ready. Is it a safety-related equipment? No. Is it required equipment for skydiving? 
What do you mean required? Or like, is it something you're going to use skydiving? Like for jumping out of the plane or is it something that's around the drop zone on the ground? Those are two different questions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, it is, you take it in the air. Like it's skydiving related. I mean, you could find it on the ground, I guess. Like everything that goes up has to come <laughs> down. So like, yeah, like you'd find it on the ground. But I guess that's not where it's, it doesn't stay there. My mind's going where you're like, were you here? I'm like, what did I miss? What was I here for? <laughs> that's what I'm trying to like <laughs> bridge the gap there. Like what the hell? What was I here for? I think I, I can I can confidently say you've used one of these at some point. Even without knowing for sure, I think you can confidently say you've probably used one. <clears throat> oh, man. Well, that didn't confuse me at all. <laughs> so something I probably don't use every day. Gosh. Is that a question? No. <laughs> Got it. Is it some form of clothing? No. Not clothing. What was my first question? Not safety related. Yeah, it's not safety related. It's not form of clothing. <laughs> is it an airplane? No. Like an airplane part, I guess. Oh, it's no. Part no. of the airplane. No. Not part of the airplane. Okay. Rule out the aviation. <laughs> yep. Um, does it track anything? Like to keep Data? a log? No. I'm going to laugh when Rebecca gets it. Does it improve <laughs> performance? like directly improve performance like what are you what are you thinking i guess like what is the i mean is it something like increases or reduces drag or something like okay so that you were thinking you, know I mean? you were like, using performance in a very different way okay yeah. it increases drag or decreases it was that the question does it increase it really or improve performance I don't think that's what it's intended for, no. <laughs> I think it maybe, maybe it might. I don't know, but I don't think that's what it's intended for. Oh my for. god, I have no idea. It's... <laughs> I should have listened to more of your episodes. <laughs> Gotta find more good questions. To I should have played. I should have played first so that you had a better idea of like what questions to ask. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Um, is it cheap or expensive? I don't know the answer to that. I think it could be either. I don't God know. <laughs> I don't know. For, I have no idea. That's a good question. Um, I suspect well, average not price. very expensive. Average price. I, I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea. Uh, I suspect it's not very expensive. Sorry. These are, I mean, I'll, I might give you like a couple extra questions because I don't know the answers to those, to be honest. Yeah. Um, is it specific to a discipline? Yes. Is it a discipline I do? Oh man, this is actually just confusing me more. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen one used for anything other than this discipline. Maybe it has, and I've just never seen it. It's very possible, um, but I'm pretty sure it's discipline specific. Yeah, and it's a dis definitely a discipline you do. This maybe is not a good. <laughs> is it removable? <laughs> yeah. Is it a removable RDS? No. Is that a question? Yeah. <laughs> it's not a removable RDS. All right, so you are up for a clue if you want yeah, it. Yeah, give me a clue. Uh, do, 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 do. You're at 11 right now. Okay, uh, it is often handmade. I think, I'm pretty sure it's often handmade. But you could probably order it from a manufacturer too as well. I suspect they're often handmade, yeah. Yeah, 
Is it attached to the harness or the body? Uh, when it's used, it's attached to the body. Body. Yeah, it's attached to the attached body. Attached to the body. When it's used. When it's used. This is not a very good one because I don't know enough about this. <laughs> to be doing this one. Oh, this is just the first thing that popped up into my brain here. <clears throat> I mean, obviously it's a good one because I have no idea. <laughs> I'm trying not to burn questions with just guesses of what I think it is. But yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Um, you can talk out loud too. I, I find that if I talk out loud and I think about like, well, it's not this and it's not that, I eliminate things really fast because it doesn't yeah, it's fit. It's not one. safety detached from the body. It's handmade. You got eight more questions. <laughs> Part of your jumpsuit? Does it record anything? Nope. I guess it was I mean, the data that's the one, data one. Yeah, uh, well, yeah it's fine. I'll give you. Uh, um, I won't count that one. I'm always going to feel so stupid when I don't know this. Where, when's my next clue coming up? Two more questions. <laughs> it's not safety equipment. It doesn't attach to the body. It's fat and handmade, right? Mm-hmm. It could be. Could be handmade. Mm-hmm. I've seen handmade ones. Give me a clue. Okay, I, I we'll no give idea. it to you early. No, idea. no worries, no worries. Uh, it's, it's a piece of specialty gear. Specialty. It's not used very often. It's very specific occasions. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not used on the everyday. It's very specific. Very specific piece of gear. <laughs> I'm brain looking so hard at <laughs> I'm about to cut away. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. <clears throat> I'll give you another one because I might be wrong about some of those things. So I'll try okay. and I'll try and narrow it down a bit. Um, it changes sizes when it's being used. <laughs> changes its size when it's being used. What? It's a piece of specialty gear that that's will change. That's what camera wing was like. That, that will thing change. That yeah, I, I know. Camera. <laughs> that will. Huh? No. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Rebecca got it. <laughs> 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 it was here yesterday, and I was like, "You were here, right? Yeah, you were here. You saw it. Like I saw I it." I remember seeing Sierra <laughs> jump with it, but like I didn't. I saw she was carrying it around. <laughs> it's it's like attached to the body. I'm like it is though. Like you hang yeah, on to it. Yeah, so yeah, when you fair. and I tried to be specific. I'm like when yeah. you use it, yes, it is attached to you. Yeah, that's true. Um, nice. Yeah, good job, Rebecca. Nice. It's a free fly tube. Ooh, it's a pylon. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That was great. Um, cool. Uh, I will give you an opportunity to try and stump me if you want. It's up to All you. Right, give me a second. Sure. Oh, they're they're brainstorming no, over there. No, wait till Mike here. <laughs> <laughs> got the cheese sheet down. How many episodes have you done, Sam? Uh, th- uh, recorded or dropped? Um, I think I have about forty-five of them recorded. Cool. There's about thirty-three dropped. Nice. So. Got them in the queue. Yep. Smart. Winter is coming, man. <laughs> All right. Do you guys want to keep track of the questions, or do you, you want me to do it? Track on your phone, or you, you can keep track on your. Whatever. I'm gonna just type. I'm gonna type like. Yet the yes or no part of it, or so that I can read it. Oh, let me tell. Let me tell you. <laughs> okay. Um, can you before we start? Can you clarify if it's going to be at the drop zone or at the tunnel? Um, you can uh, use it at both. Okay. Uh, so is it a piece of gear? Yeah. Okay. Is it made out of fabric? Uh, yes. <laughs> um. 
Is it wearable? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Do you wear it on your head? No. Does it have any other materials on it besides fabric? Is it made out of anything plastic. else other than plastic? Can you fly it in the tunnel? I mean, yeah. Okay. You can fly I mean, it. like, it will be in flying in the tunnel. Okay. It will be. Well, I mean, like, because yeah. you could bring it to the tunnel, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to fly with it in it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not like a tube or anything. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be, like, but you, like that. But it's something that could go in the tunnel yes. with no problem. Okay. Yes. So it's plastic and fabric, and it's a piece of gear, and it's wearable, but not on your head. So it could be a suit. It could be a neck buff. It could be... You could wear a wingsuit, I guess, inside the tunnel, right? You could. could. Um, I mean, hell, I saw the Europe, wherever it was in Europe, that they flew the canopy in the, in the tunnel, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Is it a type of suit? No. So it's not a wingsuit. Is that a question? No. <laughs> but it's not a type of suit, so it's not a wingsuit. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see here. Is it electronic? No. Okay, not electric. What will go in? There's so many. There's so limited number of things that could be <laughs> in the wind. What? Um, that it's wearable. That it would be on you. If you were at the tunnel, would you use it every day? Like every time you flew? I do. Good. What do you wear? I'm trying to think of like what I've seen you wear in the tunnel. <laughs> uh oh 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 oh. Um, does it go on your hands? No. No, it's not gloves. Damn it. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. Hmm. Well, I'm at 10. Can I have a clue? Yeah. It's for convenience, not performance. Plastic and fabric. What? What would you bring in there that's plastic? That's not a suit. <laughs> <laughs> what would you bring in the wind with you that you don't wear on your head? It's very niche. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. Uh, <laughs> cool. It means I probably never used it. Um, is it something you would wear under your suit? No. No. I guess I'm going to clarify to sure. the 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 whole fabric sure. plastic thing cuz the fabric is I mean think very broad on fabric don't think like like clothes like yeah, yeah. cotton. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what else would go in there though that isn't worn on your head. But it's but it's weird. it can't be that because it's wearable. What the? Uh, it couldn't be a speedball. It couldn't be. It couldn't be any of those things. It's not a pylon. It's not because it's used for convenience, not for. So it's it's a tool that you use like on a regular basis. It's not. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, all right. I gotta ask four more questions before I get another clue. Um, I've never been stumped on this game, by the way. <laughs> This might be the first time. <laughs> uh, it's probably something I've never used in the tunnel either. Would a student use it? It could. Would a student use it? If I told them to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like I got. I mean, I'll even give you more on that. Like, I sure. they if they asked why I wear it, I would say I'd tell them why, and then they might do it. <laughs> There's no way it's a neck buff. Is it really? Like, there's no way. No. Nope. There's no way nope. it's a neck buff. <laughs> oh, I'm losing my mind. Oh, no. Um, I know what I felt like. Yeah. <laughs> this one's a hard one. Wow. Okay. It, can't, it wouldn't be like a specific pair of shoes. 
because that's way weird. That's a. It's not specific like, shoes. It's not like a. It, it, there's not. There, it wouldn't. You're getting warmer. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like it's got to be something you wear specific, like you wear specifically though. And I'm like, what would be skydiving related that isn't super fucking generic? Like, I'm like, is it a knee brace? Is it a neck? Like, is it like a foot brace? Should is I give another hint? You could. I gave you another one too at this point. She so. doesn't think this is a good hint, but I only <laughs> see like probably when I travel around the tunnels, I probably only see like one or two instructors with these at each tunnel. Oh, so there's more than one. It's like completely unhelpful in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it is. Like, it's, I that mean, was a pretty. That was a. Bought me some. Huh? Another hint for me. He just bought me some. Now you're getting double the hints, man. <laughs> the hell would you wear on your feet that is like skydiving specific? That's not just a generic pair of shoes. Like skate shoes, skate shoes. Is that it? No. No, it's not skate <laughs> shoes. Okay. <laughs> I did buy myself skate <laughs> I'm like, that's like yeah. the only thing I can think that would be specific to skydiving, though. Like, that's... Flat sole shoes We all wear important. them. They are yeah. important. Yeah. Especially in the tunnel, dude. Nike Especially SPs. in the tunnel. Sponsor yes, me. I have to <laughs> <laughs> what are your favorite tunnel, like, pair of tunnel shoes? SPs. SPs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, eye shots. Okay. Do they last the longest? Yeah, they last really oh. good. Cool. We would get like three or four months out of a pair of uh, like yeah. a soles, like fabric, shoes. Nike SBS shots, like okay. perfect weight too. Okay. It's okay. So it's on the, it's gotta be somewhere on the lower half of your body. What, what would, what the hell do you wear? That is. You might've had them. I don't know. Like you might've. <sighs> it's for convenience. It's not for efficiency. It's part plastic and it's part fabric. You wear it. It's definitely a skydiver thing. Yeah. It's a. Uh... Is it a tunnel rig? Nope. It's not a tunnel rig? Okay. I hope someone's screaming in their car right now what they think it is because I'm stumped, man. Someone's probably going to be mad at me thinking it's like not skydiving related or something, but someone who doesn't I'm going to laugh, though, if, yeah. you, if, if I don't get it. I've only seen them in this sport. You've only seen them in this sport? Yep. So it's not necessarily made for skydiving then. Like just made for skydiving. Yeah, it's no, something it's like a, that I'd ex- say it's a tip of the pro. <laughs> what does tip, that mean? Like, <laughs> tip from the pros. Tip from the pros. Okay, it's a wearable thing. <laughs> Mikey, I, if Mikey listens to this, I bet you'll probably get it. Be like, it's this, Sam. What the fuck? I've talked to you about this. Like I said it's very niche. But um, I had to give you a hard one. Is it You're, specific to a type of flying? No. What do you have in questions right now? Uh, I have four more that I can that I can ask. So I'm gonna go back to the wearable question. The wearable is it when you use it when it's being used? Mm-hmm. It's to be worn, right? It's not like something you could wear, but Explain don't necessarily have to. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't it's, have to wear it. Like I said, it's a, that's not its intention. Like the the thing's purpose is not to be worn, right? Like it, like its functionality. Like in order for it to function, you don't have to wear it. Like it could be worn, but you don't necessarily have to wear it in uh, order you, for it to function. Sh- yeah, for it to be functional, okay. you need to wear it for it to j- serve its purpose in the tunnel or just in everyday life. <laughs> She's just over here, Hint City over here. 
<laughs> I like her. <laughs> You're going to give me the next hint then. Um, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. She's going to spell it for you. Oh, no. I think um, you can literally spell it for you and you still wouldn't guess. So this is really special then. I got to stump the master. It is really special then. So it's like not the norm. You'll be mad when you know it because yeah. you know you've seen him before. I'm sure. I'm sure. And it's not a tunnel rig. It can't be a camera. It's not going to be anything that's going to be on the net. It's not going to be anything that's going to be attached to the net because it's supposed to be worn. It can't possibly be a toy that you would bring in there with you. It's not something for like a demo. You wouldn't. It's nothing that's going to go bouncing around in it because it's attached to you. But it's nothing that would typically be used in the tunnel. So like your everyday usage, it wouldn't just be something. How many questions do you have left? I don't know. I'm just, I'm rattling off. We're, we got another hint for you. I have you. four more still. Unless you count that last one, the clarification on the <laughs> part. Um, sure, hit me with it. Because I'm going to need it. You only install it once. <laughs> this is where you need video on your podcast. So we can yeah. get that facial expression. You, just <laughs> you only install it once, but you use it every day. So it's got to be a part of something that you're wearing. <laughs> you only install it once, but it's partially made out of plastic and it's partially made out of fabric. Yep. It's not necessarily fabric like what your clothes are made out of or your suit is made out of. It's not on your head, though. So it's nothing on your helmet or under your helmet. You install it once. <laughs> it's got to be. Is it on your sh is it on your shoes? Yes. OK, it's on your shoes. <laughs> Are they elastic shoelaces? Yeah. <laughs> Lock laces. Oh, you <laughs> I have them on my yeah, shoes yeah, right now. On your shoes? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I didn't, first off, I didn't know you were wearing those. I did not see your feet. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> these ones are actually pretty great, too. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen these. These ones, I like these a lot. Um, the, the thing I've, I, the thing I have constantly hated about tunnel shoes is yeah. that I need to find a pair that go over my, like, that sit low on my foot so yeah, i don't yeah. have to lace it all the way up my yeah. all the way up my ankle i want to be able to just flip on yeah. on and off really easily yeah. and i hate the canvas like yeah, the canvas I, shoes with no laces well, at no, all they slip on and off so easily yeah, like, i like the lock laces because you can kind of tighten them and stuff yeah. too and then like there's when they come that's my pet peeve when i'm flying is like the little plastic tip like yeah flopping on your feet yeah they whip you yeah. So. so so these ones are great <laughs> um i found these ones on amazon i'm going to show you really quick and try and try and pull it out um, maybe I'll. Yeah, so for the listeners, lock laces or these, Christ. what you're wearing, are like a game changer. We're well, never going to tie your shoes. You don't have they to. Don't you don't have to untie. Yeah. You don't have to untie them. You don't it's get efficiency. hit with the plastic pieces. You don't like yeah. none of that happens. You don't have to worry about slipping on a pair of shoes. Yeah, you're right. Only a few people probably use those at every tunnel. Yep. So they're these ones. Nice. They just hook right into your. Um, they're like one little piece as you go okay. up, and they they send you a pack when you order them. They send a pack of like fifteen different sizes, and you can just choose it's, which it's one a, the right tension. Yeah, it's um it's a two pack, so they send you two panels of them yeah, essentially yeah. with fifteen different sizes, and then you can just change them out. Okay. I had to start on the smallest ones. Yeah, the bigger bigger ones and it would never work, so I handed them off to somebody else. But nice. I really like these. They're nice. not really not bad. Oh my god! Elastic <laughs> shoelaces. You're right. It yeah. Skydivers. Yeah. Skydivers use them. 
You're yeah, right. Yeah, just a couple right. of tunnel instructors who know about the little <laughs> not having to tie the laces. You really misled me with the tunnel thing, too. Like, oh, yeah, yeah you use them at the tunnel. Like, of course you do. They're yeah. on your shoes. Damn it. All <laughs> I right. didn't know you were wearing those. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. Uh, cool. Well, hey, man, that was fun. <laughs> 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 yeah. Thanks for all the clues, Rebecca. I really appreciate yeah. it. That helped out a lot. <laughs> um, we're we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap it up there though, because it is getting really hot. And this man, this room gets like super hot in the summer and super cold in the fall and the spring. Yeah. Like I was wearing sweatshirts in here earlier in the. We'll in get the you season. a fan in here, a quiet one. A quiet well. Dyson fan. Yeah, we need like central air is what we need yeah. or something. Um, anyway, thank you. Appreciate you yeah. spending time with me both of you uh really appreciate that this weekend's been great um it's been great getting to know you a little bit more too just through all of this and i think everyone listening is going to be very excited and entertained by this too as well thanks a lot sam thank you all right to everyone listening thank you for spending uh an hour and a half with us have a good rest of your week blue skies safe jumpings